Hello and welcome to the Women's Rugby League podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. Kelsey Gentles, Castleford Tigers, winger, and I'm sponsored by Atkinson Fences, Wales Media, and Castle Cleaning Services. So how did you first get your love for sports? I think I've always loved sports since I was a toddler. My dad's really big on sports, likes watching all different types of sports and um, just I think it's always just been in my blood like growing up I played all different kinds of sports I've played football I've done athletics I've played hockey I've done I've literally done it all um, and like my brothers they both played they were big sporty sporty boys and stuff like my, one of my brothers played football and my other brother played football and rugby so my growing up I, I do remember a lot just me and my mum being in the car and going to watch my brothers playing all the time um, apart from me actually going and doing it and stuff so I was sporting and I was really into dance and things like that and cheerleading I did everything, street dance, tap majorettes, I did it all I was a very busy child majorettes, um, quality I literally did everything I could I don't think I don't think there was like a night after school where I wasn't out doing something but yeah, I'm a very energetic child, so I think my mum just wanted to keep me busy, to be honest, to keep me out of her air. So, um, but everything. How did you first come across rugby league then? So, on my mum's side, the family are really big rugby fans. Um, like, all my cousins played rugby, and a few of them played in the Leeds Academy and stuff like that so I used to go and watch them play the Leeds and we were just really big Leeds fans I always used to go to the games at Headingley with uh, my uncle and my auntie and my mum was there and stuff like that so I was just re- I really wanted to play since I was really little I was desperate to play but my mum and dad would not let me because it was just too rough and it just wasn't that it wasn't much of a thing when I was younger I don't know where I grew up like girls rugby just wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't popular like it is now so I was desperate to play and obviously my brother was playing um, but it was a firm no for me for, for years. So that's why I kind of played football for a few years and then I stopped doing that and I, and I focused on athletics because I was quite fast and I thought that was a good thing to channel my energy into. But I just didn't have like, I've never had like a passion for anything the way I have a passion for rugby and I always knew I wanted to play. So when I was in year 11, I decided I was just going to take myself on a bus and just go to a rugby training session on my own. <laughs> I had to get two buses to the other side of Leeds to um, go to this rugby training session and since then I just loved it. So what what team was that? It was Hunslet Warriors. Hunslet Warriors. So Yeah, I went for one training session there and it was two buses and then I had to get two buses home. My mum was like, we'll find you a close team and then it was actually East Leeds. My brother had played for them. But I didn't know they had a girls' team, um, and found out like they had they had a team. So then, like then, I think two days later, I went down and first training session for them, and that's who I played for. That was my first ever proper team. So how did you find your time at East Leeds? I loved it. You know, they're my first team. They were my first family. So I, I made so many friends there that, that I still have now. Like it's, it was literally the best decision I made going and playing rugby for them. I had, and my first coach Ryan, he he taught me so much. Like he essentially taught me how to play rugby and everything. And he kind of like he believed in me from the start. Like he always said, like 
I know you're going to do amazing things, blah, blah, blah. Like, he was really, he was so supportive. And I remember um, it was in my first season that I, like, went for trials for the England students. And barely off the rugby, I just knew that the things I'd been taught at Eastleigh, and once he, once I got into the squad and stuff, he used to um, bring me down to training, like, an hour before everyone else got there. And, like, do like one on one training and things like that, and I think that's really helped me. That really did help me. I was only 16 and I was kind of going into this rugby world that I didn't know anyone, didn't know who anyone was, didn't know who were the best players and things like that. I was kind of just learning as I did it, and he really did help me. Like, I owe a lot to to him, like, he is one of the best. Um, but yeah, East Leeds, like, it was like amazing, amazing memories, a, a great club to start my career. Definitely, it's one of them as well. Like, there could be another Kelsey General at that club now. I think they've got so many talented young girls in that squad. There's definitely going to be a league in a few years. And they'll be there looking at your picture, going, <laughs> I, I can be there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she has a picture up at the club. Yeah. One of the. One of the what is it? The success stories of the club. There is, there's a few though, like Danny Maguire, Lois Purcell. Yeah. Good, good players that come from the club. It's a really great club to be a part of. So, how did your decision come about to go to Women's Super League? Um. So when after I played my first season for East Leeds, there were some trials for the England students, and my coach really encouraging me to go do it there were um, a couple of other girls that were also doing it too and so I went and trialed there and I got into the squad and stuff and whilst I was playing for the England students um, I met Lindsay Anfield she was the, co- the head coach of that squad and um, like after that all that tournament had finished she um, she told me she was she was going to be the coach of Catford Tigers and that there was going to be a women's super league next year and um, I should come and trial so that's what I did. I went and trialed and got into the squad, and that's where it kind of went. Like I know because I'm from Leeds, everyone kind of expects me to play for Leeds Rhinos, but at the time they didn't have a team. Um, so Cass was really kind of like the, the nearest thing, the next best thing, really. And you know, it's the best decision I've made. I love it at Castleford. Like, I couldn't imagine playing anywhere else. It's so good. Um, I, I do. I, I love it. I love the jungle. I love the fans. I love all my coaches and my teammates. Like, it is amazing. That's the thing. Like, when you have a good coach like you must have had, who's encouraging you, go try this, go do a representative team. See how you like it. Because he's probably looking at you going, nah, she's got something. Yeah, like, when I first started playing, I, I honestly didn't have a clue how to play. Like, even though I've been watching it for years, I knew, I knew how... I knew what rugby was, I knew the rules, I knew how things worked, but like then actually playing it, it were a bit of a shock to the system when you're around uh, a lot of girls that I've been playing since they were like four years old. Um, yeah, it is a lot. But um, yeah, he, he instantly like encouraged me to do everything. Like there was Yorkshire trials, he encouraged me to go to Yorkshire trials, play, ended up playing for Yorkshire when I was 16. Um, I, played, I, played, I played literally everything, like every trial he encouraged me to go and do and and that's and kind of kind of owe it all to him because he encouraged me to go to the England students' trials, and it's kind of just snowballed since then. That's what I was saying to someone a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, you know, should I try out for this? I was like, 
Yeah, because you'll get the feedback. Even if you don't make the team, you get the feedback. You'll know what you need to improve. And sometimes, but if you do it, it can lead on to it. So you've done the students. You've done like your trials for Yorkshire students. And suddenly people go, no, you shouldn't be playing at lower levels. You need to come and play at the top. And it's it's been it's been quite a ride because like you you're still only twenty two. Yeah, I'm still quite young. To, to be honest, it it's been a pretty big whirlwind since I've started playing when I was sixteen. I haven't really. It's I haven't never had like a quiet year. I've always I've been busy and like up until COVID, I'd never had an off season really. I've always been doing stuff like I played free sleeves and I played my season for cast. I got injured, unfortunately, so then I was more eager to come and play. I went back and played three sleeves in the Winter League and then went to play for Cass in the Summer League and I kind of did that up until 2019 and then um, I had that had the winter off to train really hard for the 2019 season and then went and played for Australia, played against Australia and then this is this is the longest time I've ever played rugby for. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've never really had... Since I've started playing it, I've never really had a break from it. Like, I've just played rugby continuously since I was 16, really. So, how was your 2019 season then? Because you, you guys are probably the most entertaining team to watch that season. You, you, created, yeah. you created the Gentles bomb. <laughs> yeah, the bomb drop. <laughs> yeah, that, to be honest, 2019 season, my best season to date. Like, I feel like... Um, every year I was getting better and I kind of was getting to a point in 2019 that like I knew how to play, I knew what worked for me and things like that and that's what I kind of went with. Um, not a perfect player by any means and stuff like that but I was kind of getting to a point where I really, I was really enjoying playing and 2019 was just, it was just such an enjoyable year. Like the Super League was amazing playing every week in those big, big games. Uh, even though it was stressful, like I just can't wait to feel like I crave that feeling again play again and um, then obviously to, to top it off with a with an England call up like it, it, best best year ever really and then be nominated for Woman of Steel it was just so much going on it was it was it was a great year yeah so it were things at first like massive attendances at Cass and not just one off big attendances it grew and it grew and it grew because I, I remember going there and thinking wow they've had to open the the top bit up there they've had to there's not enough yeah. room anymore. To be honest, credit to Seb because he has marketed it like perfectly. It's been like a growing thing and then 2019 it kind of peaked and, you know, the cast fans are so loyal. They don't care if you're a woman's player, man's player, academy, PDRL, like, the, as, as long as you're wearing that cast badge, like, they'll support you and the cast fans, they, they are such a comfort blanket. Like, I love playing at the jungle because when we're playing in big games, like, that kind of gives you a bit of, like, a soothe, like, you know what, They've got your back behind you because the cast fans are so loyal. It's unbelievable. They are the best fans. Yeah, it was like, so I, I went a few times and watched and even like, I'm sure, did you play like Featherstone or like a Wednesday evening or like a, a random, and they still have yeah. big crowds on a random evening. I think it was like a Thursday night. Yeah, I, me- like, I remember it being real. like. They'll have like massive crowds, like more crowds than some of the teams were getting on a Sunday afternoon. It was really, it was really crazy. I remember travelling over to and I, at work that day, I was like, I'm going to finish early, I'll get all my work done, and everything went wrong. Literally, any, anything that could go wrong, went wrong. <laughs> so I get out of work late, the bus don't turn up, I get to the train station, I missed a train, and I got there yeah. literally like, 
you'd kicked off as I was sitting, going to sit in my seat. like, the, And I was like, but I couldn't believe how many people were there. I was expecting a small crowd and I was like, wow, there's, they've definitely got yeah, something but- right now. So yeah, anyone listening from my teams, just copy what Castleford do. The blueprint's there. But do your own thing a bit. We don't want a hundred percent carbon copy. So season didn't go to plan at the end, but you know all the experience for doing it. You get tough yeah. people, tough people from tough times. I think you know it was so heartbreaking to to work so hard all year and then kind of just fall at the final hurdles, falling at the Challenge Cup final, falling at the grand final losing the last game so we don't go unbeaten like it was just a common theme and I think that's what's been like the emphasis this pre-season is that you know we've licked our wounds now now it's just kind of it's time to just put that put that stuff to the side and just focus on being consistent because that was one of our biggest things like we won games but there wasn't one game where we were consistent for the full game we'd either have a really good first half or a really good second half that we just we could, we're just not. We weren't weren't a consistent team, and I think that there's a lot of emphasis this year to kind of sort out a lot of um, off-field problems and like other contrib- contributing factors that like affect whether we can be consistent. And hopefully, going into 2021, the rising on the season for a lot of the girls, you know, it's a really important season, and hopefully, like we'll be able to play some really good rugby consistently. Yeah. So, cap it off, you. You fly out for a nines competition, so like suddenly you, you you're not just being on TV once. I know. You know, like it was a lot. A lot, but nines didn't go to plan for England, but all of a sudden there's a clip, and Australia <laughs> look like they're about to score, and the resilience oh, of the England team is shown as Kelsey Gentles out of nowhere <laughs> runs and makes a tackle. Thirty-four million plus views now. I'm saying plus views because last time I checked, it was creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. Like it hadn't stopped at thirty-four million. It's still creeping. So how have you had much of an impact as people started recognizing you more from the fact you've played for England, presented on TV, and you made like an absolutely insane social media smash tackle. I mean, a little bit. I'm not going to say, like, yeah, I'm so famous, but no. Um, I mean, after after that, that tackle happened and there was the clip and stuff, like, I saw the clip on social media and I didn't think anything of it. Like, I just thought it was just, just like any other rugby clip, you know. Um, I didn't think anything of it. Got home from nines and I was just at work and then this little girl, like, came up to me and she was, like, tugging on her mum's coat, like, that's Kelsey Gentle. And I was I was so shocked. And then I was like, I go to I went to university and um, there was like a group of boys I've never met before in my life and one of them had seen the tackle and he doesn't play rugby, he plays cricket, he's not doesn't have any involvement in rugby league at all and he was like, Yeah, I saw it on Facebook. I was like, I saw you on Facebook, like, I can know who you are. So it was just it was really, really odd. Like to, to go from, you know, it's a, it's a minority sport, women's rugby league, like very much under the radar to go from that to 34 million people watching it. It's, it's very, it's astounding, really. This one of them is, it's what the sports needs because 
34 million people seeing it, and if suddenly 100,000 people take a big interest in it, you've got fans, you've got... you. you that's how you build a sport. You, you show, like... You could take any Women's Super League games and get clips like that, and you put them in front of people and they take off. That was just one of them, because it... Out of nowhere, you come like a speeding train and get her. Because it looks like... It looks like... It, She's got it, she's broke it, she's going to try it, she's doing a coast-to-coast, coast. she's doing an Amy Hardcastle-style coast to, and then all of a sudden you just appear out of nowhere and it's like, no. <laughs> I wanted to make sure Amy was the only one that has the coast-to-coast. Coast. So next up for you, P&G Tour, great documentary on it. As I say to everyone, give it a watch, it's on YouTube, it's not in massive long segments, it's in nice short segments. You can watch it like I did. I did one a day. How was that for you? Yeah, unbelievable. Um, it was just so. It, the whole experience was just. It was just. It was literally. That's the only thing I can describe it. Unbelievable. You know, getting there and getting to play rugby in Garoka and stuff, where like there's so there's so many people there that just just love rugby league like as a country, their national sport, and they're just so passionate about it. Um, yeah, it was amazing to, to play there and kind of get get to pull on a shirt for England and stuff. And just, just the experience being in, in the tall atmosphere. Like, um, obviously, I made my debut in the nines and stuff, but being in PNG, that's my first proper, proper, um, being in like a tall, tall environment, being in camp and stuff. And it was just, it was, it was a great experience. Yeah, so documentaries out there, it's definitely, definitely worth, worth a watch to see what goes on behind scenes yeah there's some clips of me doing some ridiculous things in that that documentary but documentary is amazing yeah credit to JJB he's great at what he does so is that how you became made the impression to become hosted on television um, again, again when, you, when you talk about journeys and tr things people have gone on you've gone from injured playing women's super league second season to being right up there to playing for England having a clip that's gone like super viral to doing a documentary but wasn't even out by the time you come on television um yeah it was the so once in PNG obviously I met JJB got to know him and stuff and uh and we just like we just had it I don't know we just we were just good, like, we do, he were great to talk to, like, we just had good chats and stuff, and then um, he came home and, like, we're chatting with Alex Simmons about getting a woman's host on to host, like, the women's section of the um, Our League show and things like that, and they, they were like, who can we get involved, and he came home and he was like, you need to get Kelsey Gentles on the show, like, you need, let, let's just see how she goes and things like that, so then, then when they asked me to come down, like, I was so nervous, like, I'd never done anything like that before, and there was so much like the, the studio was all lit up it was really like so professional it was like I just did not do myself I was so nervous and then I did like my first show and they were like you did so well like you, like you're a natural and, like and I really enjoyed it and I thought like oh I'm really really enjoying this so hopefully fingers crossed when the Super League starts up again I get another opportunity to kind of do that and like I, I yeah it was it was a great experience hopefully I can get to do more what as someone who was watching it, I hope you do more. Yeah. And I hope, when you play the World Cup, they need to do another documentary. 
hopefully they'll do like some documentary in the World Cup because that would be a really great watch. That's a it. home World Cup, so much to celebrate, 2021. That's it, like England have had great World Cups at home before. We've, all players have gone down into legend now. And you go, wouldn't it have been great if someone had recorded the backstage stuff and recorded the matches properly and put it together and it's easy views, it's easy to watch, it's easy access, it's yeah. easy eyes on the game. Definitely, and, you know, just post-Covid, it's something to think about, it's something to like get excited about the World Cup. So I definitely think that they should be definitely doing some kind of documentary version of, like, men, women, wheelchair. It could be one, it could be like a fuse documentary celebrating all the teams. It'd have to be based on one, um, one set of players. You know, it'd be, just, it'd be so good, something to celebrate as a country. Like, this is England Rugby League. That's it, you go, like, sports documentaries are big business now. Yeah, definitely. There's so many in football now. Look, at Amazon Prime get massive viewing figures on sports documentaries. Yeah. So they want more. They commission more. You've got a sports documentary, we'll have it. Because people will watch it. doesn't matter if it's cricket, American football, rugby league, rugby union, boxing. It gets eyes. Yeah. So you, you get people who automatically might not be a rugby league fan, but because it's a proper documentary, but, like the as good as it gets, Lee's Rhinos ones, that'll have been watched by people who have no clue. And they did it right. They went, the first minutes, explain what the trophies are in rugby league, explain the very, very simple rules. So it's a very simple win. They do that with the women's game, like you say, do it with the women, do it with the wheelchair, do it with the men's, all in, in one. And you've won. Definitely. So, where are you at now at the moment then, in terms of training? So right now we've uh, we've all got we've got those that are in the England set up have all got an England program. So we're training six days a week for that, and then the additional cast programs we're still doing zooms and stuff like just to keep the girls ticking over, and we're just kind of got we've got to wait and see like see what what the RFL are going to do about a season starting. Hopefully, we'll have a date in the next few weeks and stuff so we can actually get get some proper training and get ready for this big season because it is a huge year with a World Cup at the end of it and the girls need to be in the best shape. So, hopefully, we're going to get some games done. Hopefully, we'll get an origin because everyone loves State of Origin. I love State of Origin. Like I've, I've, I've got everything crossed. We'll get to play that. Um, and then... Yeah, like like I say, hopefully 2021 Women's Super League. Well, here we are at some people's favourite time now. Question time. Question number one. What advice would you give yourself at 16? Um, I think if I had to give myself any advice when I was 16, it'd, it'd just be just take it more seriously. Um... I mean, can I ask any of my teammates? I'm not the most serious person, but you know, I never. I just used to do it for fun. Like I didn't really. It never came into my brain that it was going to be this popular and I was going to, you know, be this successful and things like that. I was just really just playing it because I was just like to play rugby. I like to run the ball in. So, and you know, I wish I maybe took it a bit more seriously sooner, so I could have achieved more. In my, I know I'm only 22 and I've got so many years to still achieve things, but like. I'm just really, 
I'm a, I'm a really focused person. I, really, I want to be the best. Like, that is one of my things. Like, I, I want to be the best in everything. So I think if I was 16, I'd tell myself, like, you know, this is this is really serious. So take it, give it the respect it deserves and take it seriously. Question number two. Favourite stadium to play at? I don't think I could say anything else other than the Menderhose, but I actually do really enjoy playing there. I mean... I think it's got a bit of a bad reputation. Like people say it's an old stadium, it's rickety, it's not brand new like the new stadium. But I like that it's quite old and rustic and all that. But I think it's got a really like homely feel to it. Like, and the fans are so close to you. Like they're almost breathing on you when you're playing, which I like. I mean, I guess it's not very nice if you're the opposition and like the fans for you. But I just love it there. I just love the jungle. That's it. It's got proper atmosphere as well. Yeah, like, crazy atmosphere, especially in them big games, like, I love it, like, I just love hearing the crowd shouting. Question number three. Your three favourite players to play with throughout your career? Oh, that's interesting. Um, so, my first favourite player is, like, and this person is, like, my all-time favourite player to play with. Um, <laughs> her name's Ter- Terry Lockwood Turbo if you know Turbo you know um, and you know I played for East Leeds and this girl is the craziest girl I've ever met in my life I just love her so much she's got a heart of gold and she was so crazy like she used to get so mad when we were playing a big prop like an absolute unit and she would just I just used to love playing off her like I used to be laughing at her like all games she used to make me laugh the whole game, like, and you know what, she used to try so hard, and it, it, you know what, it's that effort, like, for me, like, I knew that she would run her blood to water, so when we were playing together, like, it was just, I just loved playing with her, I loved tea. Number two. I think number two is Rochi, because we're just, she's just like, she's just like my soul sister, like, she just gets me, like, we're just such good friends, and I just, I think because we're such good friends, like, it's just easy to play over on the pitch. Like, even when things go wrong, like, we're not, it's not like an Aggie. Like, the things could be going absolutely terrible, but we're, because we're, we're, we just know each other. Like, I know how to play off her. She knows, like, what's going on in my head and things like that. Um, and I just, I just love playing with her. Like, I actually never want to not play with her. Like, I want to play with her forever. Like, I'll be really upset if we ever have to play against each other. Number three. I think number three is Amy Hardcastle because she's Amy Hardcastle at the end of the day. Like, she just, she just, she's Amy Hardcastle. There's not nothing else to say. Like, I just look like she's just such a role model. She's amazing. She's just, and when, um, like, when I first came into the English setup, like, she really helped me and really, like, made me feel, like, comforted and stuff and gave me, like, made me feel confident in my own playing ability when things have gone wrong and that, like, I can't thank her enough, like, she's, she's amazing. Well, there we are, listeners. End of another show. Thank you for coming on, Kelsey. Anyone you want to give a shout-out to before you go? Well, thank you for having me. Um, I think I'm going to shout-out my mum, my mumsy, Michaela, and my little doggo, Coco, my little baby. Love you both. Thank you and good night.